CJ forced himself to stand loose and keep the grin on his face. It was Wednesday night, and on a Wednesday night of all nights, he didn't want a fight in the middle of his joint. But principles were principles, and poor Sheila was still huddled in the corner, terrified, after being pinched by Paul Bunyan here. CJ didn't stand for disorderly conduct in his place, and he definitely didn't stand for any guy manhandling a woman. As far as CJ could tell, there was only one thing to do. You got two options, he explained again, the easy way or the hard way. He rolled his neck and shrugged out his shoulders. At 5'10 and 160 pounds, he hardly intimidated the larger man. The regulars in the bar who knew better were quietly placing bets with the people who didn't know so much. Behind the bar, Gus was unsheathing her knife just to be safe. If these big brutes thought CJ was harmless, just wait until they saw what Gus could do with the Bowie knife. CJ wasn't nervous. He'd faced bigger opponents, tougher opponents, more numerous opponents in his life. At this point, he just wanted these drunkards out of his bar with the least amount of damage possible. Okay, CJ said at last. The hard way it is. He rolled up his shirt sleeves and assumed a boxer's stance. Come on, big fella. I got other customers to flatter. Big fella lumbered out of his chair enthusiastically. Obviously, he hadn't walked into the ancient mariner for the beer. CJ's pulse picked up. He hadn't been in a brawl for months now, and there was something to be said for a good brawl. Once a marine, always a marine. Semper Fi, baby. The big guy charged, all force and fury. CJ shook his head and stood his ground. At the last second, he fainted right. Big fella went crashing headfirst into CJ's freshly polished bar. CJ winced. Hell, that's a hundred dollars damage right there. Big fella reeled back and shook his head like a drunken bull. His buddies rose out of their chairs. Man, it's gonna be an expensive night. Behind the bar, Gus snorted and said, You shoulda bought the tranquilizer gun when you had the chance. And miss these Kodak moments? Put some money down on me, Gus. I'm going to need the winnings to cover the damage. Bah, Gus muttered. Bar can handle more than that. You too. Twiddly D and Twiddly Dumb advanced. CJ let them crash into the bar once apiece, just to be neighborly. After a bit of heavy grunting and fist-clenching, the threesome decided for a group rush, costing him two perfectly good tables and one already taped-together chair. The locals groaned, then cheered as he took a solid right hook, recovered, and danced away on the balls of his feet. He knew how to move, take a blow, and bounce back up like a human weeble-wobble. What growing up poor on the streets of L.A. hadn't taught him, the Marines had jammed down his throat in eight weeks of do-or-die boot camp. C.J. got serious. He blocked out the locals' cheers, Gus's scowl, and Sheila's concern. He focused on the men before him, the adrenaline throbbing in his veins, along with the small ore of anger that snaked through him on random occasions, the part of him that never forgot the hunger of L.A or the agony of his mother dying, or his father leaving him that final time for the skies of Indonesia. 
CJ moved. Jab, jab, followed by two feints and a dozen rapid-fire punches. The three men dropped one, two, three, making loud thuds on his red-tiled floor. Thirty seconds later, CJ stood in the middle of the floor. His breathing slightly heavy as the locals swapped cash, shook their heads at the drunken fools, and returned their attention to the small TV set up in the corner. CJ lingered just to be sure. But Paul Bunyan and his friends remained down for the count. He was half satisfied, half saddened by that. His little sister Maggie was right. He enjoyed fighting too much. All right, all right, Gus grumbled, coming out from behind the bar. I'll show them to the door. She shuffled her bulk toward the fallen forms, not in any hurry. A Hopi Indian.